0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Down by the Creek. We talk about the insane show that was Dawson's Creek. We also go into a little bit of nostalgia of the 90s. What a time it was. Um, a magical time that was so heavy and material for your clothes. If you were a, a guy and if you were a girl, it was oddly ill-fitting and weird, but also baggy in other places. And uh, I've been really enjoying the magic that is this insane show that is Dawson's Creek. I'm so happy that quarantine brought this into my life. Um, You guys have sent in some great covers and great stories of your first kiss. And just, I really appreciate all of those incredible things. But we're not here to get sappy. We're here to talk about Dawson's Creek. And this week we have a, a doozy. We talked about episode five of season one. But as you know, I can't do this by myself. My guest, this Creek, you may know him from one of a billion podcasts that he does. Or, pre-pandemic, you may have seen him asking for directions to your nearest cat cafe. Please give a warm round of applause for Mr. Stephen Ray Morris! Yay! Thank you so much for having me. Stephen, first of all, thank you. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me talking about Dawson's Creek. And I appreciate that, and I will never forget it. (laughs) You are a saint.
1: I mean, you you picked a pretty pretty good episode for for me so i thank you for for thinking of me i mean you there is a jurassic park there there's literally (laughs) several you see i mean you see a poster for the lost world throughout this episode which i'm like how did they get the you know how does all the rights and stuff work for that well he kevin williamson who created the show
0: shows so much love to steven spielberg in the show that i think steven spielberg was like listen this dude's like a stan so I'll just waive all the licensing fees just for him. He has he has some kind of deal with Steven Spielberg. Yeah, it's, every poster of every Steven Spielberg movie in in the ever created is in this movie, and he has a bedside, of of, of a, a picture of Steven Spielberg right next to him that gets blown over when at the opening of the episode. I mean, it's the quotes,
1: quotes. I mean, I'm not not to spoil the very ending of the episode, but you know, quoting from others, quoting from Steven Spielberg yes. movies. And- <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know what kind of, you know, devil's deal him and Steven Spielberg have worked out, but it, there's something there. There's no way <laughs> Steven Spielberg this didn't hit hit his, hit his radar from his lawyers or something like they're
1: doing they're referencing you every week, Steven. <laughs> I I love the idea that because I was uh reading about how this show was kind of pitched and kind of the development of the show, but I I what if but what if that's not the real story? The real story is like, "Hey, I want to make a show about how much I love Steven Spielberg, but we're going <laughs> to frame it as a teen drama." An ode, (laughs) an
0: ode, an ode to Spielberg.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it's funny because the show came out in, I mean, it obviously came out after 97 because The Lost World came out in May uh, May of 1997. Uh, So this was like, this was like after peak Steven Spielberg. I mean, this was not to say that I don't like Steven Spielberg movies since then. But I mean, he he has kind of abandoned this sort of peak blockbuster entertainment that I think people know him for from the 80s through the through the through the mid-90s I mean yeah Lost World and Amistad were his two movies he did in 97 after taking a four-year break after doing the double whammy of Schindler's List and Jurassic Park so I mean the man deserved a break but but I love that but I mean that makes sense in a way because like me as a kid uh, Dawson would have grown up with like the best of like Spielberg kind of yeah, capturing in his, in his heyday I mean yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so actually <laughs> like, it, it makes it makes sense that the show came out when it did actually now that I think about it now I love Steven Spielberg and he
0: is an auteur in a sense he he definitely created a blockbuster and a big film with so much wonder and and magic that you know will be respected forever but Dawson he carries himself like such an auteur and like this you know like he's a French film savant and to be S- like his for Steven Spielberg to be his, you know his his pinnacle. If, if, if like Steven Spielberg seems like a guy who's pretty chill and isn't yeah, like condescending to people. Yeah,
1: like,
0: like, I mean, he's not challenging. Insane. Yeah, it's like he just makes fun, great movies. And Steven and and Dawson's walking around like you know, talking down to people and belittling people.
1: But I mean, if you're a ki- if you're a kid who wants to be a filmmaker, I could kind of see. That, that persona, Yes, exactly. I mean, when I went to college, I rejected all that stuff and was like, I'm going to watch, you know, I'm, you know, being a film student in college. It's like, you know, I'm going to do French New Wave and, yeah. uh, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, for me, that was like turning away from all that the sure. stuff I watched as a kid. Um, it's funny to me, and I, I don't know how the agenda is going to go, but I have to address right now the whole morality thing that dawson plays in this episode of like the <laughs> jurassic morality which i was like no yeah.
0: and this uh, is a show that has so much big dialogue that nobody it's, it's like kind of the running theme of this show everybody's like why do they talk this way even for this show throwing jurassic into the dialogue was <laughs> it was it was it, this was meant to be steven yeah. yeah so i didn't mean to cut you off but continue no no, no but
1: it's just <laughs> because to me i mean and i there was a Spielberg doc that came out a couple of years ago that kind of focused more of on his like childhood and being a child of divorce and all this stuff was kind of the way he was and it kind of affected the way he viewed stuff. But so for me, I feel like Dawson's to me Dawson is taking the wrong message from a lot of Spielberg films, which I think to me growing up as as also you know a person with a single mom you know growing up and parents of divorce and stuff, same, yeah. Jurassic Park and a lot of Spielberg movies normalized divorced families and so to me I feel like Dawson isn't like to me he's not like getting the same message that I got out of um out of Spielberg movies which was like it's okay if you come from a broken home like or, or not even a broken home but just parents split up like you can still find a family you can still be a family it doesn't have to be the family unit and stuff like that so to me that was kind of I'm just bringing it up now because this is that was the running theme in my head watching this episode was thinking because they even mentioned like the themes um with the old racist lady of the yeah. um, the <laughs> yes. Frank Capra and Steven Spielberg like he talks about movie themes like he yes. says movie themes in this episode <laughs> the, that phrase.
0: Oh yeah, Dawson's constantly breaking the fourth wall and analyzing his life in film terms and and things like that. But yes, you bring up a fantastic point and I think that the reason I, I give this show too much credit a lot of the times, but then sometimes I feel like it's on the money. Sometimes I'm like, this wasn't an accident. And I feel like because the character of Dawson lives such a, you know, you know, quote unquote perfect life, you know, he comes from a nuclear family. They seem to be upper middle class. You know, he you know, he can afford to have a hobby like making films and, and <laughs> as a as a sophomore in high school with like yeah. great cameras and things. I don't think he can see those elements. And people point that out to him. As when we get to you know, when we get to everybody talks to Dawson, you know, uh, when when they really get down to it, they talk to him like they all know he lives in this fantasy film world, and they're like, oh. everything's you can't look at everything through a lens, Dawson. So I think that <laughs> he's live, he looks at everything through his lens, but his lens is flawed because he has no real lived experience. You know, like Joey is from. This is a problem I have with this show: is that uh, Bodie and Bessie, who are Joey Joey's like, you know, um, parent in place, her sister, her older sister, and her boyfriend. They own a restaurant. They, you know, they seem like young hip people. But these are people who are supposed to be from the other side of the tracks. Like Joey, in the, in terms of the show, is like bad news. Yeah, from like she's poor, right? So yeah. Joey has a lived experience. Jen's from New York, and you know, high, high city. Yeah, and Pacey. Clearly, I not even. I want to get to the to Pacey's life naturally, but the biggest and most dramatic thing I've ever seen in any television show. Happened in this episode, and we'll get to it. But so Pacey clearly comes from a, oh, an odd home with problems. Yeah, and Dawson's just there, you know, judging everybody, being holier than thou, and that's how he sees the world. Yeah, that
1: is a good point, though. That it is, that throughout this episode, people are there's like a back and forth of like coddling him, but then also being like, yeah, like you said, you can't. Like, I guess it's for me, and I think that there's a lot of people, and I, I'm curious to know what your experience was. Is that Growing up, I learned that my parents were people pretty young and that they weren't just like, you know, my mom had her own life. My dad had her own life. Uh, It wasn't just this whole. I mean, I get the impression that some people live a life where they don't think of their parents as people ever um, and or that they just don't have an internal life other than just they're my mom or dad. And so for me, I feel like. I might have been somebody who would have been giving Dawson a hard time of like, no, you got to show how it really is, man. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, everybody. Again, I grew up.
0: um, My mom had me when she was 20. Uh, You know, there are things as an adult I look back on that I, you know, I feel so terrible about. Like, you know, I I think I recognize that my mom was her own individual person in some rights. But in other rights, I was like Dawson in a sense where I was like, yeah, no, your mom and I'm hungry. So order pizza and th- things yeah, that yeah. where I don't see that ordering pizza for her is like, OK, well, I got to move some things around. I might yeah. not be able to do this or whatever, You know, so I, I didn't see those things. And in, in the moment, I see them now. But then there's some things I, there's enough things to where I, when I was a kid, I go, yeah, you know, she's single. She's going out on dates. I'm stone yep. facing the guys that come over to pick her up for, you know, so, you know, it was a, it was a kind of like a mix of both. So I, I yeah. understand Dawson being like, cause oddly for me to, you know, I'm I, not that a, a single family, a single, probably more, more so, you, you might, I don't know how you, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. I came from a single parent home, but I also, I would consider myself like spoiled. Like my mom really, you know, you know, uh sheltered me and, you know, I got, I, I never wanted for anything. So at the same time, while, you know I didn't have that quote unquote nuclear family. I was kind of a spoiled kid, so I can I understand Dawson
1: being like it's about me like why I don't care what your problems are. it's about me, you know no i yeah i mean i I would say also grip with a mix of both for sure, and that's the thing you almost realize later too, but yeah, I guess it just was it was more of the the attention aspect, you know, where it's like. You know, I but also, I'm. you know, I wonder if that is also on me as well, too, being like, well, I don't want to wait for breakfast. I'm going to just microwave my own pancakes because I'm going to wake up (laughs) at five in the morning. And, yeah, I was telling Brenda recently, I was like, I feel like growing up, my mom would be like, yeah, on Saturdays, like, don't come in my room before 11 a.m. Because it's it's, you know, I'm tired. I work. I work, you know, (laughs) I work. I had to, you know, drive an hour and a half to, you know, commute to L.A. to work in an office all day you know so i'm sleeping in on saturday
0: yeah. <laughs> i got you the fridge is full of things that you can make on your own actually while we you actually transitioned me into my question that i love to ask perfectly right so dawsons creek premiered in january of 1998 it was a tuesday so i would like for you to you know it's a school day steven wakes up you brush your mustache <laughs> you then go oh, okay
1: so well in 1998 i would have been I would have been well when this premiered I would have been 10 cuz I turned yes. 11 um, I turned 11 in April this April. Uh <laughs> I turned 11 in April that year. Uh probably was watching cartoons when I wake up yes. and then go to school. I guess when what is 11? That's 5th grade. Yeah, 5th 6th. Um, yeah, somewhere Yeah, there. I was in my peak like chubby phase like between cuz I j- cuz I was forced to play baseball uh, for some reason. And I hated it. And so I think around fifth grade, so I was forced to play soccer. I, was for, oh, I get it. No, I, I get it. Uh, so I think this was when I was like really transitioning into like video game kids. So maybe so 98, you know what? I might've gotten, I might've gotten my N64 either the year before, or it might've been for my birthday in 98. But at that time it was like, this was like like going from like a kid who had to play baseball during the week. So like probably a Tuesday night would have been like a baseball practice or something. Yeah. But I might've the, they're
0: always like in the evening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This probably would have been like a fresh, maybe this would have been like the first time I didn't have to play baseball anymore during the week. And so maybe oh, I just man. filled that up with video games and TV. Cause that's all I did.
0: That, that, that feeling of like having a new game at home and you know, when you're, when school's almost over and you're like, I cannot wait to blow off this homework. <laughs> And flick that, little, flick that little switch on the N64 and fucking go. Yeah. Now, I have to be honest with you, Stephen. I have to tell you, in my mind, Stephen Ray Morris, 1998, this is how your morning goes for me. You wake up. You grab some kind of marble and you throw it on a Rube Goldberg contraption, right? And then it like drags you <laughs> by skateboard into the the bathroom. It brushes your teeth for you. You know, it slides you down the steps. It removes your dinosaur pajamas, <laughs> and then you know you're you're wheeled down the steps by some kind of other contraption from the Rube, maybe a Hot Wheels track. And then you're placed. It, it slides you into a seat, and then a toaster strudel pops out of a toaster, bang, oh, lands on your lands on your plate. But then you. Design it with the icing yourself. Ooh, you 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 are an, you are an artist in that sense. That you <laughs> you won't let the Rube Goldberg contraption design your toaster strudel.
1: No, of course.
0: You know, so you didn't have a mustache at, at eleven. Uh,
1: no, no. I wish. I mean, that would have <laughs> been no, but I mean, you know, mentally. I mean, again, that was the thing of like, I think I had a particular vision for what I wanted to do, sure. which was just be pretty antisocial and just play games and watch TV. Oh or, you know, get absorbed into all that. Um, but yeah, like making my own breakfast and stuff as a kid, I was very much like, because also I think, I think my grandma moved in around this time too. So then, okay, uh, yeah, for a while, yeah, growing up, like my cousin lived with me for a while. My aunt lived with me, my our grandma lived with us from around this age until high school. So I was just basically just growing up in a household of like strong women who were just like living their dramatic lives and I was like well I just want to sit here and play video games you know like (laughs) uh, I think that maybe sets the scene even better and then also my sister who is yeah, like we're basically the same age she's like about she's like an Irish twin basically younger than me I
0: fully understand that I grew up my my grandmother um, I moved to Vegas to live with my grandmother when I was around 8 well with my mom and then we moved back and, and in between us finding somewhere to be we stayed with her grandmother. So my great grandmother. Wow. So I was constantly around these nurturing women who, you know, just kind of taught me. My my grandmother is like like my grandmother, not her. Grand- my grandmother is like a sex in the city character. You know, she's very <laughs> like, you know, uh, you know, um, she's just she's just a trip. I don't even. That was my Yeah. But um, yeah,
1: yeah. actually, yeah. I mean, now that I think about it in a little bit, there is that element, too, of like because I was, like, the only boy in the family, too. So there was certainly a little bit of the dawson in the sense of, like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting watching this episode and thinking about the show. It's like we kind of almost take for granted that in every show there's always a main character, but it's like he is the main character in such a specific way of, like, there's this orbit where all these characters kind of move around him. It's really interesting. It was actually really interesting to watch how they... Because they really frame it in a way that's very... Um, Intense. The way he's like staring. Wait, what's Michelle Williams' character? Um, Jen. Jen. Like the way he's yeah. just like staring at her, like like, and her his lip is like yes, quivering. Quiver.
0: Oh my God. Yes. He he is he is living. He is living in his film, and so he knows when he's in the moments that are gonna. You Know play really good for the audience, yes. You know, he's oh my like, like, god, he really hams it up, yes. Yeah, so, somebody, so.
1: Uh, somebody needs to do that kind of show. It's like WandaVision, but like, yes, even more like taking that concept, you know, of the <laughs> yes, uh, the sense of like a person. I know I'm
0: on a yeah, Truman show type of stuff, you but know, they like, want to be okay. in it, yes, yes. Oh my god, <laughs> let's get into the show. So, the show opens up, and as I've already alluded to, uh, Joey and Dawson are like every episode opens this way, by the way, they're on on the bed watching some kind of film and uh Steven Spielberg bedside portrait which also let me say I love Taika Waititi um I I, I love there's so many uh directors that I just find I you know I think Sam Raimi made some cool films never is there a director that I was like I'm going to have a bedside <laughs> photograph of I just worship the ground that they walk on <laughs> you know so I just the the Steven Spielberg photo being blown down by the winds was very dramatic to me but also Love so uh, Joey and Joey and uh, Dawson are watching a movie, but not just any movie, Stephen, because this is another thing Dawson likes to do. Whenever there's an event happening in the world, he likes to watch films that are themed that. Oh yeah. So any <laughs> with, there's with the with Super Bowl weekend. I'm watching like you know, uh, remember the Titans and you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the longest yard. So he's watching. They're watching. They just they're finishing up Twister, which is a fun movie. You know, that's kind of the first time I I saw. It really it might be the first movie ever that depicted a Twister that way. You see the cow spinning around. Yeah, it really no, was kinda yeah, it was a yeah, really cool happy movie.
1: Well, and also it's Michael Crichton, so author of the original Jurassic Park. So even more perfect like synergy yeah. as symbiotic. far as symbiotic. Like, Stephen, this was this episode was
0: kinda made for you. you know? You're <laughs> gonna be on one. This was this is the one.
1: Yeah, well, and <laughs> Twister has been a movie that I mean, it's one of Brenna's favorites. So that's one of those movies that's kind of just on rotation all the time. Uh, you know when you just want to put on a on a
0: it's a fun one too it's no, a good mo- it's like a good mindless movie too like you can either look you can look deep into it or you can just kind of have it on talk jump in and out it's one of those kind of i like movies like yeah, that yeah yeah but anyway as they're deciding on which movie they want to watch next the which disaster movie they want to watch next for his disaster séance i think he called it while they're trying to figure out what they want to watch the news comes on uh because they're preparing for hurricane chris and Dawson is uh, watching the news, just boiling because Gail, who's his mom, and Bob are. This is just blatant flirting.
1: And Cape Side. we <laughs> <laughs> oh. in a few minutes. Stay with us. Ah, yeah. Gale. <laughs> Thanks, Hal. Well, Bob, sounds like tomorrow would be a good day just to stay in bed. You've got that right, Gail. God, could they be no any more obvious? News. So, Gail, what is your view on the current situation in, in Bosnia? Will you be jumping my bones after the broadcast? Wait. So in this, so he doesn't like walk in on them or anything. Like- well, at, at at this point on this episode he
0: now knows. Yeah. He has now caught them in some kind of way. I can't, I don't want to be too too specific because I can't remember right now. But my point is that to what you were saying, there was a point in the show where he was accusing his mom to 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 Joey that of having an affair with no evidence. Wow. And then when evidence was put into his face, Bob complimented him as a director and he was like, "Oh, never mind. This dude's awesome." <laughs> so he completely and then until 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 the cheating was completely thrusted in his face again now we're picking up this is where this episode picks up so now he's like wait oh bob he complimented my film but he is having sex with my mom (laughs) so he's not awesome and that's where we pick
1: up on on this episode that we're watching the way that he has that his mom's sex life is any of his business like the way that he moves (laughs) through the world is so it's like frightening a little bit but again it's it's he's the puppet master but, but there is that element of like when you're a kid, there you do have like a very like black and white sense of the world because you kind of the lessons that you're taught, you just ape back out. And so when you don't because they and they talk about this later in the episode, it's like it's like when you finally learn or as you grow up and you learn that things aren't what you were taught of like the aspirational sense. There's this like, ah you know, you're like, wait, but I was told that this is how life is supposed to be. And like. But you know that's that's all part of growing up. But you know the funny thing is, is that I think that
0: this show, as it now, uh, just transparency, I've, I haven't like, revealed this to you, but people listening know, I am watching this an episode at a time. So I have no, I don't know what's coming. Yeah, and I, I like it that way because then I can speculate innocently. I don't. I, it's not. <laughs> it's not jade. It's not flawed. I, I really am just like I think that it's a chance. Dawson's a serial killer. Now, will it happen? <laughs> Probably not, wow, but what a I twist. have yeah the world's the world's open for me, Steven. There's yeah. six seasons of this, and I don't know what's coming, so I can speculate that way. And I really think that normally in a show, a person you know is molded by the things that you see within the show. Every episode they learn lessons, and that builds them. And then by the you a character arc by the end of it, they're a different person. I don't know if <laughs> I don't think this show. I think by the time this show ends. He's kind of around the same person because lessons just kind of slide off this guy's back in a way I've never seen before. And then he finds his own version of uh the lesson, you know? So uh Dawson is too distraught, Steven. He has to cancel disaster movie night. And while he's while he's going through his feelings and Joey's putting on her shoes, uh Mark Cohn's Healing Hands plays in the background. And, you know, she uh, she as she leaves exit exits the window, she goes, she goes, uh you know uh buckle up Dawson, it's going to be a bumpy life, which I do kind of miss though i love I love cliches sometimes, yeah. I love cheesy sometimes, and I love a good like catchphrase remember in c s i the guy would put his glasses on he'd be like, you know, this thing's got a little hot here, he's standing in front of a building a burning building or something
1: yeah, I, I do like that sometimes <laughs> well it's i think. It, we accept those things in certain genres, but not others. And I, when why is that? You know, it's like why is that okay to do that in a action movie, but for some reason in a drama we we give it. I mean, I think that's coming from my own perspective because these kind of shows were too adult for me as a kid. I was I was I was even more in like even less in like Dawson's world where I was just like happy with you know uh, Lord. Yeah, well, of the Rings actually, what were you watching? And, yeah, what I were mean, you watching? You know, probably Jurassic Park and Star Wars over and over again. Uh, you but know, nothing like you know East no, no primetime television or. I oh, mean, Beast I know, Wars, right? I know, I watched a lot of these, but shows. but no, nothing stuck. Like you weren't yeah. like a Buffy, you weren't like a Buffy guy. I or think or X Files like was maybe like, but even then, X Files right. is not as adult. I think as something like Dawson's Creek, as far as like. Isn't know, that
0: wait, just think about what you just said. Isn't that weird that a teen drama isn't as isn't as adult as a, a show about two adults in the FBI solving space crimes? But that's
1: all like that, a <laughs> But but it. that's to me, the thing about genre is that like feelings are not talked about explicitly. It's all through the, you know, the aliens and those things and stuff, you know, it's but like a drama where people are just boldly telling how they feel was like yes. scary as a kid to me. Yeah, it's like this is too raw yeah <laughs> these no. are emotions are yeah like, I'm like I'm like nobody like, talks like this like no you know we go through our lives and they're telling we'll hang out eventually you know like yeah. it's <laughs> like all this stuff is just you know uh people uh, you know go ask your father you know like it's that kind of yeah stuff. Like, yeah we don't like, we're not talking we're not talking about this like the idea that Uh, gail literally is like dawson you have to stay here and watch me tell your father (laughs) that i've been cheating on him like i was just like holy (laughs) shit like he gave himself an out he's like i'll leave you to this as adults no you stay you stay here i I want you to hear this i love her for that but if that had happened to me in real life i would have passed out oh that's traumatizing (laughs) uh
0: but anyway all of cape side is bracing for hurricane chris uh, so they're boarding up the windows of the businesses also this looked like probably up to this point the most expensive episode of this season i mean there there's definitely there's there's giant wind machines and there's a lot of extras and they're boarding up local businesses you know and everything so this 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 felt big yeah no it's Even a, though it's, it's a like good looking this- show it is. It is. And even though it's like a teen drama, this felt this felt, you know, this, this felt flushed out. Like there was a lot happening. You know, they, they, you know, they definitely had like rain machines for some <laughs> scenes, <laughs> lightning and thunder. Yeah. It, it, it felt it felt big. Like you really felt the hurricane. But anyway, like this um, in this scene uh, leading up to, you know, the, the next scene of dialogue. Uh, the song, you know, it's the end of the world as we know it. It's playing by REM. That's that's my song of the creek. I had it, it's it's a little on the nose. It's not a little. It's very it's it's as on the nose as you can get. <laughs> but it just felt right for that to be the song of the creek for me. So I had to pick that one. It's a great song, and it's funny enough. Like before things really kick off, I I you know um, I wanted to ask you. You know, they're boarding up these windows. Everybody's bracing for this storm. You know, I had, I had like severe astrophobia when I was a kid. Like, I, whenever there was a storm, like a fear of like thunder and lightning. Oh, wow. I would just like try to go to sleep. It could be three o'clock in the afternoon. It was like, and I hear like a thunder crack off. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go to bed and just sleep through this mild thunderstorm. So, my question to you is like, have you ever lived through any kind of like, a, like event, like a storm, yes. or a you know, weather uh, event?
1: Yeah, the Northridge earthquake um in 1995 or no no 93 or 94 something like that I was at my dad's house in Pasadena and I learned recently because I was like looking at the dates so because the way um the way that we handled that uh you know anybody from divorced parents uh you know I like my dad basically got us every other weekend um up until like high school and then it's like obviously we can make our own decisions and we have our own stuff to do on the weekends but so weirdly northridge earthquake happened on a monday which i wouldn't normally be at my dad's house on my sister and i wouldn't be at my dad's house on a monday because we would have had school but it was a holiday because it was in february um and so we like i woke up like thrown out of my bed like during the Get out of here. yeah yeah, so it was like woke up. and It was pretty early. It was like three or in the morning or something like that. Um, I haven't looked at the facts in a while, but like basically just like woke up on the floor and like we didn't evacuate because I think our building was fine. But like,
0: and I don't necessarily do remember. Do you remember how you processed that? Did you did you? did you immediately
1: go earthquake or were you like, Oh, I must've had a bad dream. Like, do you remember like, I, do, immediately? I truly don't remember that much about it other than the moment itself, because I'm like, sure. Cause I've talked to other people and just through like podcasting stuff, I've learned other people's like really interesting stories. Like, um, yeah. Uh, like Stacy Keenan, like I, she, uh, she was on a podcast that I worked on and like, she told her Northridge story where it's like, you know, the streets are dark and the ground is like cracked open, like in, in the Hollywood <laughs> Hills and stuff. And like, there's fires and telephone wires and stuff. It's like I don't, I don't think we left the house because I feel, I yeah. feel like that would have made an impression on me. <laughs> you know, like walking out of the street, collapsed building. I mean, I remember seeing like the news footage and stuff like that too. But yeah, um, yeah, I think I was kept pretty sheltered from all that. But but at least that initial moment of like, you know, and like being like thrown yeah. out of bed. That that part was the part that stuck with me. You know,
0: in my life, there's never been a time. Where something like we had, we all have to go to the elementary school up the road and lock ourselves in for the night. Like, luckily, I've never been that, that in that situation. However, because I had, <laughs> because I had astrophobia, it is as soon as I'm watching TV, you know, if, you know, I, I don't know if they still do it now. They probably, they must do. It's it's television. Uh, But there would be like a you know that on the corner of the television it would be like warning storm warning. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like I need to yeah, I need to prepare to go to sleep because this is going to be bad. So I'd have that feeling about the mildest of thunderstorms. So really what I'm saying is I felt like that anytime it rained. I was like, you know, I I didn't live through any of these storms. Any like, you know, Hurricane Sandy or something crazy. But every time I got I saw that on the screen, I was like, hey, "We're, we're going we're gonna to die, you know.
1: We're, we are going to die, and I need to prepare." And know, they, so, and they use the storm very effectively in this episode. I, oh I my, really like the. They, I mean, it's if you're going to be this kind of show, your storm also has to have the same energy of a teen drama. Yes, and it, oh my god, and it was so, so dramatic. <laughs> the commercial break. I mean, well, yeah, When <laughs> you're just like. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. It's like it, it. It really was like another character in the show. It was like a, it was a guest starring Hurricane Chris. <laughs> Just like turn to the camera, like yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, cut to back to the house. Now Gail is is now. This is actually this is also interesting. Gail is pissed because her news station won't let her cover the storm. And she has this, you know, this dream. that she says later on she wants to be like, you know, Diane Sawyer, you know. But my, in my mind, that's like the shit job, right? Like the weather, you're yeah. not gonna get a Pulitzer. You're not gonna get a Pulitzer Prize for covering, giving people updates on the storm outside. You yeah.
1: Know? So, it, yeah, it was an interesting device because I also thought that, like, I mean, Diane Sawyer and Barbara Walters, they're like interviewers, like they. They they do that kind of they do like the journalism and like the interview exposés. Stuff. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're not yeah they're not forced to walk out into the <laughs> rain and like. But that's the other thing with the production value too is they had to like film all those separate uh, those segments yeah. separately. This the the show within a show kind of thing of like the new segments and everything. Yeah,
0: it was just interesting to hear her. You know, when we get, we'll get to her conversation with Mitch to say she's like, I still think I could be a, a, a Ricky Lake or a Sally Jesse Raphael, and I go. And you're 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 fighting with your boss to go cover a storm, like it.
1: it maybe That's it's not. Maybe it's a thing where it's like she's. You got to put in the hours, kind of thing, or something. And so it's like if you put in sure. the number of hours. But then again, if like Bob is more successful than her at this point, wouldn't he want to pawn that off on her? Yeah, exactly.
0: I my 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 whole issue is that I felt like the writer of this episode didn't know anything about news reporting, and that this is like. Nobody wants to be out there when there's a blizzard and, you know, like, oh man, you know, we got to draw straws <laughs> on who gets to go out there because I want it and I know everybody wants it, but we got to be fair. Like, what, nobody wants that job.
1: <laughs> what if it's just more of a metaphor of, like, wanting to just be out in the action and, like... That's true. Out of the studio. Yeah. yeah what this if- is
0: her version. This is her version of the big interview because she's lowered her standards so much. Well, and... and, and
1: <laughs> yeah, and her wanting to... Sort of the the penultimate thing of like why she did what she did was because life was too perfect and she needed to. So it's like for her, it's like getting out into the storm is like literally yeah. a, of her life, you know. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> so she gets off the phone, hangs up the phone with her boss, and now Dawson, after seeing uh, Mitch and Gail have some kissy time, you know, and get, and then Mitch says he's, he's going to go off and try to uh, coax uh, Jen and her grandmother to, and Grams to come over to their house, which I don't know why their house. What makes their house better than everybody else's, it, it seems like there's not yeah, much yeah. difference. But he's gonna go get them. And then while when Mitch leaves, Dawson's now throwing some of his subtle witty jabs at, at his mom to make her feel feel the pressure in the room close, closing in on her because people know her secret, you know. He's just so dramatic, he's like, Oh, gotta prepare for Hurricane Bob. Oops, sorry, I, I meant Hurricane Chris. Sorry about that. I made a mistake. <laughs> Freudian slip, and she's and so Gail's like, Oh shit, he knows. This is going to be an interesting night, right? I, w- I just,
1: if if I just feel like if if my kid walked in with that kind of like knowing condescension, I'd be like, I pushed you out of my vagina. Get get the hell out of here. Clean your room. And which, yeah.
0: So, so after this scene, this is actually this was actually a wild. This was a this was a pretty wild introduction. This is the first time we're introduced to Dougie, uh, Pacey's brother. And uh, you know They're on They're doing some kind So Dougie's a police officer So they're preparing for the storm By putting flags out on the beach To let people know Hey I don't know if you guys could tell Wait, but this there's is this the first thing. scene With the brother Yeah he's, he's never been Introduced <sighs> to the show He's never been Steven he's never been introduced. I mean I know we're only Five episodes into this show But it that- They packed a lot in
1: what That's an introduction, a... though, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, white. Yeah, well, so we'll get to it. So, 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 Dougie is played by Dylan Neal, who, uh, at up to this point, his biggest kind of claim to fame was Bold and the Beautiful, which you can tell by his jawline. I mean, that <laughs> is a that is a uh, soap opera face if I've ever seen one. <laughs> and uh, 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 Pacey's super bummed out because he's out of you know school. I mean, he's out working on his day off. Yeah, his day off from school when there's a hurricane, which. It's not like a snow day, okay? He, he's everybody should be scared. Like yeah. this is, yeah, you should be. They're describing this as like the storm of the century, and he's like, I want to be watching TV. <laughs> like
1: you should be scared. Yeah, no, it's is there? Is his house not close to the? Ocean? We've never seen
0: Pacey's house, his his dad or his mom, and we're now being introduced to his brother. So I don't really know what his home life is like. But when we we'll, we'll get to the craziest scene of this episode, we'll get to it. I don't imagine his home life can be that good. No, great. It probably is. It, it, his home life probably sucks. But um, uh, anyway, so uh, during the process of them doing this whole beach thing, Pacey makes jokes about his brother being in the closet.
1: You know, women happen to love my CD collection. <laughs> Answer me this: Why did you choose a profession that requires you to dress like one of the village people? I chose to wear a badge because our father, the chief of police of Cape Side, instilled in me a sense of duty and a belief in justice. Right, which makes it all the harder for you to come out. I understand that, Doug. You know, I'm sure that there are support groups for gay officers. Listen, Pacey, I'm not gay. Well, Pacey's trying to out his brother. Like, why? Yeah, like to for himself. His... Like, yeah, they're just alone. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not from the perspective of compassion. It's more of yeah. Like, it was like, like making fun of him. I mean. Yeah, I mean, well, again, you know, knowing what happens in this episode, I wonder if it's just, like, if forcing his brother to come out would maybe make their home life better. But it doesn't feel like it
0: would. No, no, not at all. There's a lot of shit going on, but also that's a good point you bring up because it seems like uh, Dougie is very much following in the footsteps of his dad. So I'm sure Pacey's kind of a, you know, a a black sheep or a duckling or, or an odd duckling in a sense, so... Finding quote unquote quote unquote a flaw for lack of a better term, and his brother probably makes him feel better about himself. So yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, but you're but you're gay, so
1: that I win in that way. Yeah, and his, his uh, yeah adolescent heteronormative like mind, it's like, here's the thing I got on you. Here yeah. here's something I can control in a life that is very out of control. Um, also because he's dating the t- his teacher. Yes,
0: <laughs> which is. Just what an insane storyline for the first season of a show.
1: I know. Again, everything, everything to me was like this played like, and I know that feel. I feel like that's just part of getting older. Is like we tend to infantilize our childhoods and stuff, and so it's like in my head, it's like we always think that the things that we watch were more innocent or something back then. Yeah, but it's like this felt insane to me. I was like, this was playing on primetime television. Exactly. You have to
0: think it felt insane for then too though. Yeah, yeah. like the first season of a show uh of a, 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 a teenagers having sex with his teacher I mean and I again I discussed this with Laura Norton in our episode where it's like you know because it's boy student girl woman teacher it's more like taboo than seen as wrong and in just you know uh de facto abuse you know yeah. it, it it it's like ooh whoa salacious whoa tabloid romance story when it is it's just
1: abuse. Yeah. Well, no, of course. And so it's – but it's definitely not – I mean, it would be interesting if, if that was an angle that they played with. But it's obviously not <laughs> – Yeah, no, no, not at all. They're,
0: they're, they're basically – they treat that relationship like two people who are married having an affair. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not treated like something that's, like, wrong because –
1: Because he's a child and she's an adult.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like – it's just a secret. Like, it's a fun secret. Well, and know? also,
1: too, there is an element of, like – it's like there's a sort of a judgment on her. It's like, she's so fucked up. She's like dating a high school student or something. You know what I mean? There's also another layer of like, not judgment. Well, I don't know, but, or some element of like judgment on her of like, she's crazy, you know, or like, yes, like she's the wild. They don't
0: portray that that hard though. You know, like they don't, they don't outright. She seems pretty like normal. That's the weird part about the show is that she isn't, her husband isn't in the town. Or she's divorced, so there's nobody to from her past to go. At least so far, again, I don't watch the show past <laughs> the episodes that I do. So maybe her husband comes into town and reveals, like, no, actually, she's crazy. I divorced her because she's crazy. You know, yeah. it it just seems like she's just this normal functioning adult who does this really incredibly insane thing, and it feels weird. Like, it, it, so it it doesn't it doesn't play right. You know, they then happen to see Tamara. Speaking of the devil. They happen to see Tamara struggling with her beachside house on a teacher's salary, you know, kind of, you know, batting down her own hatches and boarding up things. You know, like, it's a weird, that's a small, I mean, I know it's not a huge house, but beachfront property on a teacher's salary is, it, 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 it rose she questions in my mind. You know? she, yes, yes. You know, well, she is from New York.
1: So, you know, the stock market, she's yeah, exactly she's big
0: city. She's, yeah, she's big city, Steven.
1: She, she dated that, uh... What did she say? That fat stockbroker or something like that? Yeah, she got in on some GameStop stuff. Yeah, yeah, for you know, <laughs> for the bubble burst. And look, yeah, yeah, it's it's a fixer upper, but it's about the you know the land itself. It has nothing to do with the
0: yeah, know. for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, the, it's all about the view, you know. And it's got good bones. She'll she'll work on that. Yeah, yeah. so So uh, uh Dougie and Pacey go on over to try to you know help her out, you know, and well, Pacey comes over to make out with her, and she's like, No, your your, your brother's here. Yeah, Stop, you know. So that and that's also interesting too to see her recognize in moments that I'm committing a felony and you know people people will think I'm a horrible person for uh sexually assaulting a child so it goes it goes from this flirtatiousness to when people are around she really tenses up as she should because she shouldn't be doing any of this yeah no
1: it's but I mean people do that in real life it's crazy but I also think it's a little bit more digestible because the woman who plays the teacher looks really young and Joshua Jackson like he doesn't look like a sophomore in high school. No. No. <laughs> so it's no, like a no. little bit more, I think it's with with But this it, isn't like a this isn't like a Chad Michael Murray in
0: One Tree Hill situation where he was like 30 when he was doing that show. <laughs> Joshua Jackson I think at this time was maybe like 19 years old.
1: Yeah, no. So it wasn't it wasn't but he definitely didn't look, you know, 14, 15. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and I think maybe if they were to do something like this seriously, they would really show the like what a, you know, a fourteen-year-old boy really looks like, and a thirty-year-old yes. woman or whatever to you
0: really know. to really add to the discomfort of the, you know, really make it visceral and and not right. Yeah. yeah Whereas yeah. now, it's, and this is like young actor, young-ish actress. She's a little older looking than him, but she doesn't look old, and he doesn't look young. So it almost is like cute in a way, which is a weird tone. Like yeah, yeah. Throughout this whole thing, if you're not looking, I feel like in 1998 people were probably a little, you know. Even though they did lose sponsors for this this storyline, but I feel like people might have looked at it like, you know, uh, you know, oh, th- this this uh this this forbidden romance. Like yes, that's exactly. how they play yeah, it. You know, you know, it's romance. like it's yeah, instead of assault, yeah. you know. So it's it really is weird. But uh so after that kind of interaction between Doug and, and uh and Pacey and um and Tamara, who are all now they're gonna, you know, batten down the hatches together. Cuts back to the Leary house where Mitch is gonna Mitch. Mitch wrangles Grams and Jen over to the Leary house, and you know uh, they're continuing to make their house hurricane-proof or whatever. You know, I don't think there's a, again. I don't know if there's no difference between his house <laughs> and everybody else's. I don't think. But so uh, uh so da, uh, Jen comes out on the porch to kind of you know they're kind of dating at this point, and Dawson blows her off because in a previous episode she revealed to him her past of living in you know you know when you're 14 in New York you're doing you know you're doing you're drinking fast life and she revealed that to him she was honest cuz he asked Yeah. and now he doesn't want to talk to her at all he's like dealing with his own things but also he's still dealing with that he doesn't want to talk to her so he kind of blows her I off you can only do, do one know,
1: drama like, at a time you know
0: yeah i can't yeah i can't deal with your shit and my shit your shit reminds me of my shit it, you know it really, really, he really he's he's just he's just so dramatic man so <laughs> So, now this is You brought up racist grandma early So, so, Grams runs into Bessie and Bodie In the living room And she gives them the coldest old lady shoulder <laughs> I think I've ever seen in my life And you know how notoriously cold old lady shoulders yeah. are But this is like I mean, she dismissed their very existence for the most part You know, they're like, hey, good to see you and Yes, hello, you, and um, you're unmarried And you, um, <laughs> I don't You, Bodie, uh, you are what you are You know, it's like very, you know, it's like, it's like, um, elusive, but bold judgment and racism. <laughs> like well, it's, it's almost like,
1: know. it's almost like Dawson level. Like, has she never left this town or has she never, <laughs> does she live in a town where it's just all white people? And that's like, it's, it, it, it was very, again, in a weird, like way of like the sort of child morality, not even morality of like, just, uh, racism and like yeah they call it they call it traditional I yeah yeah the yeah word. <laughs> it's
0: like you you're doing too much you're unwed he's black and this is th- you guys just
1: should be married and white but like, but also like, it's it. it's weird because it's like did she know about did she know about them beforehand and, th- yes. and then made the decision to react this way because it's like if she's having that bad of a reaction wouldn't she just not want to be there like she's choosing to be there to give them a hard time. Well what what they what they don't show is that Mitch in the in the scene where they they didn't show in that in between
0: where he goes over there he's like listen Mrs <laughs> Mrs Ryan I promise you Bodie won't be there um it's a strictly all white house there will be no people of any ethnicities it's going to be a lily white house I swear. And then he lured her over with that trick. And so she, that's why she's so caught off guard yeah. because she was, she was, she was given, she was given false
1: expectations. She was, she was fed alive by men. This is like, this is racist grandma <laughs> prank show where you just, <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, what? It's like, I mean, but that just was very, I mean, again, watching this episode just in this vacuum again. I mean, I did see this show here or there growing up, but like sure. just seeing this in a vacuum, it's like, it's a lot going on and they're going to throw this angle in here too interracial marriage like child yes. child you know not having a child before it's like it, it almost for me was like this the most unnecessary thing because at least like yes. i'm just at least for me there's a lot happening i'm trying to think of the th- like like you were saying before the thematic relationships between what he's going with jen and him and then dealing with his mom you know but like where does where does this part Deal like how does this really? I guess my question is how does it relate to Dawson? You know, <laughs> well, it, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it here's here's how it six degrees of se- yeah.
0: separation, uh uh, uh uh you know, uh, uh, comes back to Dawson, but also it's a it's a character trait that they're so basically what they're doing is and I don't like it. I I don't like that they're using Bodie. So Bodie is you know you've only watched this episode, but. It, on paper he's an interesting character right he's a he's a culinary artist like he owns a restaurant he's a very interesting character but his character in this show is only used as a plot device to show that Grams isn't that bad so out of the gates you're like oh this lady's racist and then she gives Dawson really good advice and they yeah. bond about movies and you're like oh okay so she's not that racist <laughs> you know and that's the only point of of Bodie is that you 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 make a prejudgment about Grams and then you're meant to flip back around because you learn over time that, like, oh, it's not exactly about racism. Actually, I'm looking out for you guys because the world's going to be hard on you. Not me, though. I just want you guys to know that the world's going to be hard on you, and I want you to know that. Ugh. You guys, I just want to let you guys know that. <laughs>
1: so she's so she's a good she's 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 a good person. Yeah, yeah. No, again, that was that was also shocking to me. Where it's like, all of a sudden, she comes in and gives great advice, and we're like, wait a minute, wasn't she just being shitty? This like, I, I, well, Steven she's talking to Dawson. <laughs> And he's great. How can you not have a great time when you're talking to Dawson? But it, he brings out the best in people. It's uh yeah. That was yeah, I don't know. But it's just it's just very like it's I don't know. I, well, it, it, this whole show is I, I don't guess know. I <laughs> guess for me it's like like you're it's like saying is there a point to this? Maybe it's just the point is that for Dawson it's another example of like that kind of morality coming into play, but again, it's what does she learn from this at all? Oh nothing. <laughs> So speaking of Dawson, Dawson over here. This was crazy. Dawson
0: overhears his mom basically having phone sex on the, you know, on the steps. Like not in a room or in a in a, in a laundry cupboard somewhere.
1: Thank you, Walter Cronkite. Need I remind you who won the local Emmy and the Golden Desk award? Hmm? I have more plaques and trophies than you do. <laughs> Bad boy. Well, you just be careful out there. I'd like you back in one piece. Okay. I'll call you back. Got a new award for you, Mom. It's not a trophy though; it comes in the form of an A, and you have to stitch it right here. Congratulations! I wanted the thunder and lightning to happen then. Yes, and oh, this is the
0: only time it doesn't come. After a dramatic reveal it, 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 I guess they were like We can't do five of these in one episode We'll just let him say this And we'll do no thunder The thunder budget is We're going over the thunder budget But it was just so It was so dramatic Like nobody talks this way I know that's again that's the, no, I know that's the thing that we say But again not even just like words Nobody talks to any Nobody goes into these di- these monologues and these, just Who references the Scarlet Letter at 15 you know, like, yeah. like, Are you turning away from a camera? Where is the camera? So so I guess this is where a commercial break would typically be so you know it fades out and it comes back in and Gail now chases after Dawson and pulls him aside to try to explain to him why she's cheating on on his father. And she doesn't really ha- when when she gets to the end which you know we'll get to she doesn't really have a reason, but she pulls him aside with th- such confidence that I'm going to explain this to you and you'll understand once I get in Dawson. He doesn't want to hear it. He does not want to hear it. Also, this is super unhealthy parenting. Like there's just these are there's just some you, sh- you. He shouldn't know, but now, if it's just so crazy that he- she's like explain, she's ex- she's explaining to every kid in this episode, like, "Hey, listen, I I know you guys are judging me in a way, but like, I'm gonna take care of it." And they're like, "I'm in a, a tenth grade. Yeah, yeah. I
1: shouldn't be even involved in this." Yeah, I, yeah. She did really feel, and maybe that's part of why this episode, like having it be in a scenario where kind of everyone's trapped together, it sort of allows yes. you for these dramatic the moments, you know. But it's just, yeah, it's like, I mean. And if I were her, it's just like, yeah, I don't want this little shit just telling telling my because like I could see her just being like because Dawson is such a like um, Bible and brimstone style morality that he's going to just like I'm going to destroy everything. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna he's, he's going to burn it all down. And I'm like, I have to catch that kid before he like <laughs> reveals it. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, good on her for for just getting it done. I mean, that's the thing. Like, again, yeah, what, she ripped it. She did. She did end up ripping the bandaid. Off. But it was that thing of like when I like to me it was interesting dramatically because it's like and i i guess though like in a way the really good thing about this episode in a sense is that this isn't something that's like saved for the end of the episode i mean this is like 20 minutes oh. in like yeah and then they have to live with yeah it. <laughs>
0: it's like it's so much drama yeah right so so in the middle of her emotional breakdown though dawson decides to be a nitpicky grammatical asshole
1: what is happening between bob and i Bob and me bob and i is grammatically incorrect
0: what a narcissist! This is the titular character of the show, and he's insufferable. He's like the worst person ever. Imagine coming to somebody at your lowest point. And you're trying to talk to them, and they're like, "Actually, it's I before E, except after C." So I just wanted to, sorry, to cut you off in the middle of your thing. But it's it's Bob and me, not Bob and I. Yeah. It's like what your mother. You just found out your mother is having sex with another man, and you're that's what you're worried about. Yeah. So 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 he he does that, and then he gives her some other sanctimonious line, and then he storms off into his room where he opens the door and there's a, a lost world poster on the door and and Jens in there and he rips the darts off the off the wall and he's now oh cuz he's such a man and so complicated he's throwing darts at the wall while he's going <laughs> over the his problems in life it's so like well
1: it's it's perfect because it's like delicate but like sharp so it's like perfectly aggressive but
0: takes accuracy yeah yeah it
1: it kind of darts are like the perfect like you can't imagine like dawson like chopping wood or like (laughs) swinging a baseball bat or something it's like no he's just like angrily throwing darts
0: the sweet (sighs) finesse of dart throwing you know it's 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 strong and then soft at the same time oh yeah with the lost world poster on the wall i would love
1: if, if this is probably is hard one for you, but like
0: favorite <laughs> Jurassic park. Movie?
1: I mean, the original is my favorite, but, um, yeah, it's, it, yeah, but so, I mean, I would agree, but that, I yeah. mean, in a way I feel like maybe lost world is like speaks to, you know, cause lost world is, that was the movie where it's um, Jeff Goldblum is the main character and, you know, it's much more cynical and um, yeah. The cinematography is much more like dark and edgy. Yeah. And it's, you know I mean it's also a movie that Spielberg said he was bored of making halfway through making it so you know and some might argue it's one of his worst movies uh, other than maybe like 1941 or something or Ready Player One but uh, it, it kind of makes sense in a way that Lost World would be It's almost like when you're a kid, you're like Jurassic Park, and then when you're like getting in your teens, you're like Lost World. You know, it's yeah,
0: I'm yeah, I'm moody. This is the brooding version of this. So uh,
1: in this scene, also, this is
0: this uh, in the scene. This is where we get the great line. You know, the Lost World poster. He goes, "Is the proposition of monogamy such a Jurassic notion?" They're both 15 years old. They're both in the 10th grade. Why are you throwing darts? Why are you going on this crazy like tirade in this in your room? But anyway, his his (laughs) so. his freak out continues. He ends up slut-shaming Jen in this weird. He like ties it together because she's like, "Hey, well, you would know. I live in this Yeah, <laughs> I live in this town with my grandmother because my parents sent me away. So, maybe you, Everybody's like, "Hey, you have a mom." Like everybody in this episode's like, "How about that part, man? Like, you know, your mom's a good person like you outside of this part. Like, you still
1: love your mom, right?" And he's like, "You would defend her." But like but like does he have a good relationship with his dad? His dad seems like cold and un and like boring. Well, yes, yeah, his, his dad his dad is his dad's a major himbo, so his dad only
0: cares about, you know, b- gym Tan Laundry and <laughs> uh his restaurant which we'll get to. And he loves to have sex with Dawson's mom. <laughs> That's those are all of the character traits that we have like, you know, ascertained from Mitch in the first 5 episodes of the show. But I do like him. He he has like this He's kind of got that, he's got that, he's got kutcher-esque vibes, like an older kutcher, like, just like an innocent, dumb, handsome yeah, yeah. guy. No, I could see
1: you that. You know,
0: and, 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 and in a world full of people who are sanctimonious and having, you know, infidelities and, you know, uh, having sex with the teachers or having sex with the students, you're kind of like, I kind of like that this guy just wants to open up this little restaurant and he's just a, a goofball. <laughs> uh, it's something like innocent Light, about yeah, him. Yeah, life is simple. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jen storms out after telling him off properly. She's like, she basically tells him like, "Bro, this is not a movie. Life is life, and we're all people with flaws. Stop living behind you know this this pretentious idea that you have of the world." She storms off. Uh, you know, uh, Dawson
1: hears a sneeze, and and Joey's been in the closet for how long? Do you think she was in the closet? I don't. Again, for for not having sat and watched the first four episodes to just have this character show up <laughs> in the closet. I was like, what is happening here? Like, is this a normal thing? Like, does he just keep her in there? Like, what is, like... <laughs> they just kind of brush pot by the
0: fact that we saw Bessie and Bodie in the living room with the grandmother, so they're there. So they all came together, but she's not in yeah, there. where scene. did she... I'll excuse myself. <laughs> yeah, so in my mind, she's been in the closet since before Jen came into the room. Then Jen comes into the room, so now she's stuck. Who knows how long Jim was in the room? Dawson's out having that back and forth with his mom. Then he comes in. So in that in between time, Joey could have been she in that closet for a an hour. You know, she just needed it. Yeah, <laughs> she could she,
1: she, The sneeze woke her up. She sneezed and she woke herself up. I just so again, it's to me that's what's funny about it is because it's like, oh, is this just a thing she does? Because it's not like there's like a hilarious moment where she's trying to get out and then get stuck. It's like they just no. don't even show that. They just yeah. she's just in the closet hanging out.
0: So uh, Joey comes out They have a back and forth She uh, also Another person tells him Like She drops the She drops the card Of all cards yeah. on him. You know If this was the, You know She drops like My mom's dead So maybe you shouldn't Think about that Before you're upset That your, your parents Are about to get divorced And it's like Whoa I mean You want to talk about Being able to brood And be emotional Like you, That's like The Trump That's like the ace of spades yeah, yeah. Like She just She won the game Like she just Full house you have to shut up and apologize to her now because you can't top that. you know. Yeah. And, and then now, now again, as I've already alluded to, Stephen, um, so Joey's leaving. I thought this was some interesting blocking. You can follow me on this. Mm-hmm. Just follow yeah, me. Yeah. Just hear me out. So Joey's, <laughs> Joey's leaving out of the room. She says her last thing, and to the right of her, in the frame, you see a poster for Hook, the Robin Williams great Peter mm-hmm. Pan movie. I think that that was some foreshadowing to the future of the monster that dawson will eventually become for maybe season five <laughs> when you know he become he becomes the Capeside side Strangle, the cape side slasher i just i just think that that's what's gonna but
1: happen. but also to your point about dawson's sort of auteur uh wanking like hook was not uh, <laughs> hook is also another movie that's considered not good like it was very not well received at the time.
0: Quentin Tarantino was making movies in the 1990s, and he's like, you know what really, uh, you know, gets my, my cinematic juices flowing is Hook. It's like,
1: you know what, I really love this indie band, The Beatles. Have you guys heard of Nirvana? Yeah. Oh, really, really underrated, yeah, not appreciated in their time. So, uh, uh,
0: Joey comes downstairs and you know joins everyone else in the living room. Now they're all watching Bob on the news, you know, and 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 Mitch says a nice thing like, oh man, I hope Bob's. Oh Bob's doing all right out there. Just his little innocent, you know, dumb that was pretty funny Mitch though. thing,
1: right? <laughs> was like like dramatic this- wise and comedy. I'm like this is pretty good. I'm having a good time. They made him
0: such it, they had the best I think they had such a good time making him. He had such a good character arc in just this episode. Like he went from this gullible when he's mess, when he's messing around with the kelp with the diorama. I was like this is so innocent. And then by the end of the episode he's just like dark and I'm um, forever changed and so him like wishing that the man who's having an affair with his wife like oh man I hope he's careful out there and Joey says a snarky thing like you know don't worry about him and then Gail goes to f- catch up with Joey and has a talk with her like you're the adult in the situation and she does she does like bring it up you know she does she does like you know m- remark on herself and what she's doing but it
1: still is weird to see her like defending herself to children I think I think again it's the hurricane because it's like she's like I just want to I just, everyone else is holding up having, like, aren't we just going to play board games like like they're doing over at the their household, like, at Tamara's house? Like, why can't we just have a yeah. good time? Why does this have to be fucking clue for theater nerds, you know? like Yeah, why is there all this drama? Yeah. Here? So anyway, cut to Tamara's house, and uh, Pacey and
0: Dougie are still at Tamara's house, hanging out, kind of vying for her attention, sure. and uh, so Dougie hears a noise outside, and he's a first of all he's a he's a uniform police officer so I would think he would he would have things to do but I guess the storm he's scary like called it in
1: I'm just gonna hang out with yeah. this hot broad <laughs> yeah and my brother yeah at the same time <laughs> weird
0: so so he hears a, he hears a noise outside he goes outside and 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 Pacey decides this will be a great time to get to second base.
1: Have you been there? I don't think so. Not with your badge brother right outside. Quick reminder: this is a felony. I- that's the attraction, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I've been missing you. Mm-hmm. I've been missing you <laughs> too, but... Yes. Mm. Yeah. Are you happy? <laughs> no, Oh, no, 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 no. Let go. Please, wait. I mean it, I mean it, I mean it. <laughs> ah. Ah. It was nothing. It was just the... Uh...
0: And Dougie comes back into the house, and for a second, I was like, he figured it out. You know, I was like, oh, they're caught. Because, again, I haven't watched past this, this episode. episode.
1: <laughs> One too <laughs> many things. I was, like,
0: no. I was like, so is he going to confront her about having sex with his little brother in this in this episode? Nope. Went right past it. He, that look that they, le- they lingered on him about meant nothing. It just was like, <laughs> he didn't pick anything up. He just still wants to hook up with her. Also, you know, after the third time that they did the gay thing, I was like, this character... Of, of Dougie's definitely gonna be gay at some point Like it, it just That's just a fact Like they leaned They leaned on it so many times That I just feel like The 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 way that it goes Is that like Oh you were right the whole time Pacey I, I feel like it goes that way I, I I could be wrong But I just I feel like that's the case
1: Yeah I do Yeah that is a good point I guess Yeah if I'm thinking about this So I'm they like, leaned
0: on it the whole Like so many times you know <laughs> if
1: If this was a show that came out today And like people are creating theory videos and stuff And tying the strings together It's like Yeah it's like um, this is my one division, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like Chekhov's sexuality or something yeah. like that. You know, like <laughs> you yeah. you 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 harp on the fact that a character might be closeted at the beginning of a season. You got to fire that gun at the end. You know? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. You can't let all that build up be for nothing. You know? So, uh, so then we jump back to Larry's house and Dawson's dad, bless his sweet little humble heart. He's working on his di- his diorama of the kelp, his scuba diving themed restaurant. Who he remarks to his son, like just imagines. <laughs> Just imagine, son, someday we're going to have a chain of these that stretch across the nation and we're just going to be beloved by the entire country <laughs> for our scuba diving themed restaurant. And then and Dawson isn't as like, you know, uh, excited as he is. So he's like, what's wrong? In comes Gail and Gail. Gale, we already discussed this, but she, he, he, he's ready to go. Dawson's like, I'll leave you to it. She's like, no, stay here. And Gail proceeds to go on this, this, this monologue where she goes
1: too far what i am saying is for the past two months for the past 62 days every time that i've come home late every time that i have made an excuse to leave this house every time that i haven't been with you i have been with someone else another man having sex with another man
0: Every day when I wasn't home, when I told you I was staying late at work, when I was going to the grocery store, when I said I had a Zumba class, I was out with somebody else, another man having sex, intimate sex, better sex than we've ever. And it's like, why are you wh- why do you why do you keep going and sticking the knife in deeper?
1: And he let me try anal, you know, like or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he like, let me peg like, him, you know, or whatever. Yeah, it's like, what?
0: Yeah, you're like, your sons right there. <laughs> Surmise this. Surmise all of this. Why are you go why are you why are you stabbing this man in his heart repeatedly? Lightning thunder boom power goes out. Incredible. Commercial
1: was it commercial oh break?
0: It had to be commercial break at the time. It There's felt no like way it. they it liked, felt like I was like is this it, the end of the yeah, episode? That, was, yeah.
1: that would be crazy. <laughs> uh it is a very intense scene because it, I mean it's kind of cool in a way that um that they decided to do it that way in a weird, but it's, it was real. But It's almost like it was, it was like raw, but I was like, they couldn't, can you imagine if it was like Dawson didn't get to witness this? He would be, a, you know, he wants to be there for the, the juiciness of it, you know?
0: Yeah. He can use this, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the future for his yeah, art. He's going to huh? create a, He's
1: going to like, He's gonna do like a, um, it's gonna be like a in New York or like a in the mood for love sort of thing where like he recreates yeah. the scene like with him and the actors and it's like he's replaying That's- the trauma in real life. You know, it's one hundred percent what it's gonna be. It's gonna be like. It's going to
0: be his Malcolm and Marie, like just like he's going to cast two people that look like his parents and just reenact this whole night, you know? So, so uh, when, when we come back from commercial break, obviously we watched it on, you know, streaming. So it came right back on and Mitch tells Dawson to leave. And he's kind of in that, you know, that, uh, like that saving private Ryan kind of mode, like a bombshell has been dropped on him. He's kind of disoriented. He's yeah. He's, he's talking about the flashlights and being evasive and, you know, and then he destroys the kelp you know which which is so symbolic of his dreams being destroyed you know he destroys the kelp and don't touch me you know it's all very dramatic and intense this was this was a very intense episode
1: and he says don't cry you know it was just all and in so intense yeah you know? no and that was more to me that was like it was a nice balance of because that to me is like more realistic to me or what I would yeah. consider more a realistic reaction where it's like, yeah, you don't you literally things have been perfect up until now. Why? Why would you be like, how would you because so many times in life when people confront people, it's like everyone already knows. And it's just it's just you replaying the arguments that you've had in your head. You're like maybe He probably didn't know that his uh, that Gail was cheating on him, but he probably knew something was wrong and it was upsetting him. And so you're almost like ready to like, when you finally hear the answer, you're like, Oh, I'm not crazy. Like things have been different and something's been off about our thing. Um, but in a way it's like, this was like kind of, um, I think it was like a nice balanced reaction to the sort of like, just boldness of like, yes. our son will watch our son. will watch yeah. you stay. You witness yeah. this. You stay here. You stay and you watch me tell your father what I've and done. You're just like, yeah. Like his <laughs> reaction is perfect. Like in that sense of like, yeah, I don't know how to respond to this. This is insane. Yeah, like give me a minute. <laughs> like, this is too much to give handle. Give me a minute. Give me like we're the, also yeah. we're in the middle of a hurricane. <laughs> Why are you doing this now?
0: Yes. Like g- give it a minute. You need to survive the night. Yeah. Give it a minute. Again, I, I I think so far there's you know obviously there's, there's many seasons and everything, but up until this point, this is the biggest, most dramatic most feels like a big budget you know you know shot very well episode and and i i really did enjoy i enjoy all of them for different reasons and i enjoy this for several reasons one of them actually being that i thought this was like done and shot very well i thought they they made the storm a part of the show in a really cool i mean way.
1: in a way it's like a bottle episode and that kind of thing where it's like this could yeah. be a movie like it'd be called yes. the hurricane or like dawson's exactly. hurricane yeah. you know or something like that yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> absolutely
1: so uh, they cut they
0: really quick. They cut back to Pacey and Dougie. They're still vying for Tamara's attention. I think they uh, Dougie and Tamara start singing show tunes from Broadway musicals, and and uh, he also has like planted in Tamara's head that his brother's gay yeah. as well, to to kind of stop her from liking him because he's self conscious because he's fifteen years old and being abused by an adult. So he's like, no, no, don't like him because he has soap opera actor face. <laughs> so he's gay. So don't don't even entertain him. Yeah, he's, he's a gay. jealous guy. Yeah, he, oh, oh, Stephen, you, you haven't even... Other episodes, it's got borderline insane. <laughs> like, it, it, they, if you put the right music to it, you'd be like, oh, she's not safe. And you shouldn't feel that way because she's the yeah, villain. Yeah. But there's been episodes where you're like, oh, he's he's going to hurt her because he's so obsessed with her. But anyway, we cut back to Bessie and Bodie, and they've been having this episode-long debate about circumcision. <laughs> and, oh, I forgot. You know, I this completely should. forgot about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they've been having this really intense, like, one of them's really hard on the left about it right side they're the right about members. it and they are not they are, they are, they, are not, <laughs> they are not budging every year
1: it's a human rights issue it's a harsh and barbaric example of child abuse we don't even know if it's going to be a girl or boy a black or white ooh she's off and running okay, Bodie, don't. it's not a judgement Bodie. just an observation which do you object to more Mrs. Ryan the fact that I'm black and she's white or that we're unmarried and about to have a child in sin what I object to most Bodie is when children raise children.
0: Get ready, Bodie. That child will be identified as different.
1: Part black, part white, it doesn't matter, Mrs. Ryan. This child will be 100% loved.
0: Again, it lends back to your theory that she's just never left Cape Side. Cape Side is this lily white town and that this old lady can't even comprehend what a, a person from two people from two different races. What are you even what kind of abomination are you even having?
1: Like I don't even what is it? Wait, where where is this set again? Oh, I think this is supposed to be Massachusetts. Oh, okay. See, yeah, anytime I watch things that are set in like New England, I'm like that place seems very terrifying. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's just these sort of idyllic like literally nothing can fracture. Yeah. The it's pleasant. Though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's almost like if you go against the grain oh, in go. any way, the whole town flips on you. like yeah. you're about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like literally it's like, it's like, um, like st- stepford wives kind yeah. of just this idea of like, everyone is like programmed. It's like, mm, does not fit <laughs> yeah. our norms. It's like, we must all, you know, all the red light. Yeah. Their eyes all turn red and they all are like, like ready to take the Rams is
0: the last stepford wife. She just, she's from another time. She's,
1: and but it also is like
0: the, the the idea of two people minding their own business and having a conversation, you know, enjoying the bliss of like being pregnant. And she's like, well, nobody even knows what you're even having, whatever kind of monster thing that you're having. And um, I'm just letting you know that, you know, uh, you, you know, it's going to be hard for you. First of all, they again, these people own a restaurant. It's a seafood restaurant on a, a piece of property that looks like it's it's. It's pretty expensive rent. Yeah, they're like, like a cool couple from Silver Lake. Like, they're like they would have a show on the Food Network or something. If this was if this was now, they'd be on magazine covers and they're like these are the this is the family from the uh, bad side of town. This is uh, uh Chrissy Teigen and um Yeah. yeah just, like the, you know what I mean? Like, like They're super cool. they are they'd be super active on Twitter. They'd have such a social media presence and she's like, "You guys are going to have such a struggle and the world will never accept you."
1: Well, I mean, do you think do you think it's like as when you're like, um, what's that? Kevin Williamson. Yeah. Do you think when he's writing this, is he just trying to. Is, is there another point to trying to sort of show, you know, because it's like this is uh, I guess, is there a point to this? I guess I'm wondering I, like I, ultimately, like ultimately, ultimately, I think
0: in the, the point in the way that you mean, no, the point in the, <laughs> the point in that. You're meant to go, oh, Graham is a bad character. And then you're meant to be turned to the uh, you're meant to go, oh, she's just misunderstood. She's just traditional. You know? So yeah. while where in 2021 you watch this lady and you go, Oh wow, that's really inappropriate and kind of racist. In nineteen ninety-eight, I think Kevin Williamson was meant to go, Oh, she seems traditional and 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 Got and it. old school, but really she's just she's looking out for their best interest, but she's just Doing it in her own Graham kind of way So she's a good person You guys misunderstood She isn't She isn't talking down <laughs> To you guys She's trying to help you guys Prepare for how the world Will look at you
1: The world of Cape Side, well,
0: Massachusetts
1: Yeah Yeah I mean Well it, it's that kind of thing Of like when it's sort of revealing when people who, like, when somebody's, like, making fantasy and they're, like, really staunch, but they're like, no, but, like, when they get called out for, like, making their fantasy only of white people and be that, it's like, no, but that's how yeah. it was. And I'm it's like, to you, the, how yes. do you know that's how it was? And, and actually, if you look at the history, that's not how it was. <laughs> and you're just buying into sort of, like a cotton candied, you know, yeah. uh, 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 fantasy version of what fan of you're being like, oh, I'm making some realistic medieval thing. And it's like, it's that kind of thing where it's like their decisions of how to show things is actually more revealing about the person making absolutely it than what it actually yeah. is. <laughs> and so that's, I guess that's what I was curious about the show If like, if he's making a point or trying to make a point about sort of portraying, uh, uh, you know, maybe this like, um, close-knit uh you know town yeah. that is very you know traditional well she's the, it's, it's it's a very like,
0: small cast like we don't get to see a ton of other people so grams is the first person that's even said anything in their direction that's like anti them there's no other yeah. they don't get looks in town their restaurant is doing fine people come in and eat there there's been nobody that comes <laughs> in and is like wait a minute there's a black guy that owns it. there's, this it's just it's so out of place that it just it, it, it's just her she's just this really old traditional kind of racist lady like that there it's not like it's the town it's not like she's like i'm just telling you how the town is because we don't know the town and grams is just like really harsh in their mellow when they're trying to decide if they're going to cut their kid's dick or not you know
1: yeah it's like it's like yeah like when when she says that stuff all like gail and mitch and they all like look at her like what the fuck like (laughs) like, none of us feel this way yeah yeah but they don't show that
0: nobody checks checks grandma not even jen and uh, uh, speaking yeah. of Jen, Jen is still hurt from Dawson calling her a slut right to her face, which was insane. Uh, and so Joey, she she meets up on her because Jen's smoking a cigarette, even though she's quit because she's fourteen years old, but she's already started and stopped the smoking habit. She's seen, so she's from cool. New York. She's just Stephen. So Stephen, cool. she's from New York. Okay, so so she's like, this is just such a stressful night. I gotta I gotta have a drag. So she fires up a clove, and she's outside smoking a cig, and uh, she runs into Joey. They start having a conversation, and even though Dawson isn't present, he's the focal point of their conversation because he's he's the center point. He's the center point of the show. Yeah. It's his universe, and Joey decides to cheer Jen up for you know being slut shamed by you know let's talk about Dawson's dick. Is it really that try? I'm sure there's measuring tape sitting in this
1: bathroom right now. What do you think it's marked up at? What do you mean? Oh come on. Do you think Dawson's got a pistol or a rifle? <laughs> How would I know? Uh, oh come on.
0: You know taking into consideration his height, weight, feet, and hand size, I'd
1: I say slightly above average. Oh, so you have that about it. <laughs> It's
0: just like this dude doesn't deserve this level of fawning. Like they just they they really. But also, he's fifteen. Yeah, he's fifteen. Like, well, again, Jen's from the big city. She's seen things. She's seen the world. Joey, in her small town bumpkin mind, has no idea what she's really talking about. Which <laughs> they show with her adorable Katie Holmes face of innocence. Like, I don't know. Penis. and What's but that? yeah but jen's like let me listen listen kid let me she, really, she might as well have been like that listen toots let me teach let me teach you a thing or two about how the world works you know
1: so, i'm from the city
0: yeah. <laughs> i've seen some things babe so they have a back and forth and they really uh, again i'm so sick of the women because this happens all every episode the women in this show are you know they're they are I don't know if I've invented this term, but I'm gonna take credit for it. If, if you've heard it before, please <laughs> let me know. They're being gas righted.
1: Gas righted. They're, be-
0: yeah. they're being gas righted. They're being used to apologize for Dawson. It, you know, it's not that when he when he slut shamed you or when he said an insensitive thing about his mom in front of a person whose mom died, it's just that he is such a good person that he's holding people to these standards of good. It's not his fault, Jen. You need to you gotta learn to like forgive him because he's just so awesome. That he has high stand. He wants everybody to be awesome. And we, we all constantly fail him. But it's not his fault. And these are, these are coming out of the mouths of the women who were slighted by him. Jen was disrespected by him. And Joey's been disrespected by him. But they're also used to apologize for him. For his self-righteousness. And Joey and Jen literally bond over his dick. Like they become <laughs> closer as friends over a, converse- a conversation about his dick.
1: This is like, this is like the reverse Scott Pilgrim.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm awesome. Like you, you all have to defeat me and my awesomeness. My exes come together to defeat <laughs> yeah.
1: the new girlfriend.
0: You yeah. Know? <laughs> so anyway, back inside, Graham's comes into the office because Dawson's cleaning up his dad's diorama of the kelp, and they have a back and forth. You know, and she goes from she goes from David Duke to Ricky Lake. You know, she she's like, listen, kid. You know, I used to watch films, and what you need to learn is that forgiveness is key. It's about it's forgiveness is for you. And he's like. Thanks. Thanks, Grams. You aren't racist. He like <laughs> he like signs her all he signs her racist past and is like you you're you forgiven for all the things you said before this point. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if going forward, Grams is now not as bad as we uh, have seen her up to this point. I really think this this is the turn episode for Grams, which is weird because it's so jarring. It's just like she goes from one scene being racist and mean to being nice. It, it,
1: it really is just like they just decide. This is when the town turns on them. The couple. Yes. <laughs>
0: they're like, what? No, this is not how it was supposed to go. Now, Graham's is like, see, I was trying to prepare you for this. Yeah. So, so oh. then we cut from there. We're back with Pacey and Dougie and Tamara. And now, Stephen, in my opinion, this is the craziest fucking scene of the episode. And one of the craziest scenes I've ever seen in the show. So they're all um, around the table playing a three way game of Monopoly, having a good time. Dougie's still, you know, uh, making his move, and he asks Tamara out on a date.
1: Listen, Tamara, would you like to go out with me sometime, you know, maybe catch a movie? The Rialto's got this whole
0: oldies classics thing on Wednesday nights. They play a lot of the old MGM musicals. It's really great.
1: Sure? I'd love to. Yeah?
0: Great, okay. We'll make a whole night of it. You know, a nice romantic
1: dinner, leave baby brother here at home. Just give us a chance to, I don't know, get to know each other a little more intimately. You know, make it a real day. (laughs) <laughs> not really a real date. Why not? Well, you know, because I... I know. <laughs> it's not because I'm too young, is it? I mean, please, don't pull the H thing on me. I'm 24, soon to be 25. <laughs> no, no, it's not that at all. It's just that I know that you're... gay. What? Did you tell her I'm gay? No, I guessed it. When when I lived in New York, I lived on Christopher Street. I have good gaydar. You told her, didn't you? Tell her I'm not gay. She has gaydar. Tomorrow, I am not gay. It's okay to be gay. That's exactly what I've been trying to tell him tomorrow. All right, you tell her right now I am not gay. Guys, guys, hey. He pulls a service weapon out, Steven. In, 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 a, in an episode, in a show that surprised me every—I mean, credit where credit is due everything I was not—I was not expecting things to happen. Every every turn, it is more dramatic than I think it could be. And my when this episode was somebody pulling a gun out, like on his brother, on his brother, over a game of
0: Monopoly, <laughs> Steven, my jaw, my jaw hit the floor. I was like, wait, what? And then I really was confused about the tone of, the, of this because now it turned into, now they're playing this weird game of chicken, and every yeah. the music has stopped. It's not funny anymore, and so they're playing this weird game of chicken, and then Pacey acquiesces as if he's to say, "Well, I'm gonna put it into this because he might shoot me." Because really, what are the stakes? If he, your brother's holding a gun to you, just keep going with the bit. But he doesn't, be, and that tells me like he might actually shoot me. So let's let's go ahead and let's go ahead and stop the funnies now. He's not gay. And then, in the most American psycho shit I've ever seen, he goes, he's not gay. All right, cool. He's, he, like, smile, it, it Oh, Steven, it, it sent shivers down my spine. It was it was so chilling. He goes, all right, cool. Whose turn is it? He puts his pistol away and is like,
1: okay, cool. We can get back to having fun now. I mean, the scary thing is that that probably happens, that everyone's too afraid to be. So everyone does go back to normal because you're like, I cannot address <laughs> he it. He has because- a gun. He has a gun. Oh, my. I mean, yeah, I didn't realize we were getting into like OC territory here. Like, once he pull out a gun, I'm like, mm, what just say? You know, like, you know, the SNL parody. Like, yeah, everybody's getting shot. Like, and then everybody has a gun. Yeah.
0: It's Look,
1: I'm, fr- I'm, I grew up in Orange County. So, you know, we all just, it really was that dramatic. It really was that dramatic all the time. Uh, yeah, I was surprised that, that, that guns were at play in this show. Cause, like, They've never been. It's never oh. gone this far. It's never gone this far.
0: Th- this was, in every sense of the word, this was jarring. To people who've watched the show, like, imagine in 1998, up to this point, it's been like, oh, the most dramatic thing is that Pacey's having sex with the teacher. He's being he's being molested by his teacher. That's the most dramatic thing. And then you come into this episode, the affair gets revealed, and then a, a police officer pulls a gun out on a little boy. Imagine like,
1: <laughs> imagine if he just killed him right there, And that's and the show had to deal with that. Stephen, the craziest part is, it was so it was so shocking and jarring.
0: Is I wasn't I didn't know where it was gonna go. Yeah, I, like I, I really I was like, is, is he gonna you know pistol whip him or something? I don't I, I I didn't know what was coming next. Yeah. It caught me so off guard. It was it was truly the most insane thing I'm like in any show I've ever seen because most shows where you see this, the show's been doing this every episode. It's the, there's weapons yeah, you're, involved. You're, you're conditioned pay- to. Yeah, if expect- this happened in True Detective, I'd be like. All right, exciting, but I'm ready for it. If this happened in fucking, like, uh, 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 Between the Lions, you're like, wait, wait, what? Did one of the puppets just pull out a gun on somebody? You know, like, this is
1: insane. If this happened on Sesame Street, you'd be like, wait, what? Yeah, is there an episode of Sex and the City where somebody gets knifed, you know? Yeah, you're like, wait, like... And then then, then Sarah Jessica Parker goes home and
0: writes about it in her her voice. It's like, and it got crazy with the music and she's drinking wine. You'd be like, wait, I shivved somebody today and now I feel alive, (laughs) you know, like... That caught me so off guard. It, and then his the way his brother just was like, "All right, cool." Terrifying. Is it is it my turn with the dice? So so uh so now, now we get to the, my favorite. This is my favorite. Now that was the craziest, but this is my favorite scene. And Mitch was so Mitch is in the car, he's having some introspective moments in his, inside of his Lincoln Navigator, you know. And um it's raining, it's storming outside and Gail gets into the car. And you can see that the the wheels have been turning for Mitch cuz he goes, it's Bob, isn't it? You know, his door, his, again, is adorable. Like, he, he put it together. Yeah. I figured it out. It's, it's Bob, you know? And no, dead, dead serious. Uh, John Wesley Shipp gave a, it was a wonderful monologue. What I need for you to know is that our love came quick and it's lasted,
1: it's weathered the storm. But as quickly as I made that
0: decision 20 years ago to love you, I'm taking it back. I don't want to love you anymore. I choose to hate you now.
1: No, bitch, don't.
0: Not it's already done, just like that. So I suggest you get out of the car before I physically remove you from it. Now I was cheering for Mitch. I was like, yeah, Mitch, you tell her and then he went too far. You know, it's like it, it would be you know like it would be like if you if you when you're watching the show and you you know the you know the 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 kid is winning the basketball game, everybody doubted him and he wins the, he wins the game and he's like, "Yeah, fuck you." You like you go his his speech goes too far instead of so just
1: dodgeballing all the other players.
0: Yes. I'm the best. Fuck you all, you know. So Mitch is like giving this, you know, he's standing up for himself and you feel good for him and he's like, and I and he's like, and I, I hate you now. Now, get out of my car before I hit you. And you're like, whoa, wait, man. Whoa. uh, <laughs> Whoa, too far. You went too far. You went too yeah. far, Mitch. So and then she gets out and he peels off into the storm. And I was really rooting for him in that moment. But the end, the end, he went too far at the end. But the rest of it was like, it was like, yeah, man, you tell her you stand up for yourself, Mitch. Because so I thought he was going to forgive her. And then he did not
1: Yeah. No, it's I mean, it. it I I mean it it is it's probably one of the best scenes in the episode for sure in that way but yeah. um yeah I mean it makes sense cuz he is he's needed time to process it so he's crafted yeah. <laughs> you know he got all his thoughts yeah, yeah.
0: together Mitch needs <laughs> time you know he's a, he's a looker he's not he's not a thinker you know so he's been in the, after that scene he went into the car for all of the things that happened the gun scene you know uh, uh uh um Dawson talking to Grams he's been in the navigator stewing and thinking of his uh his his argument this whole time
1: and he laid out a great. But, you know, what if he? He's like, look, Dawson, son. I wrote down what I'm going to say to your mom. Do you think you could give me some notes? Really spice it up a little bit. He's like, hey, dad. Like, I love what you said. You want to do a little perioding? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love <laughs> what you said, but hey, do you think if I could tack on this new ending, I think it'd really yeah. spice it up? You know, we're gonna reveal. We're gonna switch it up, and you're gonna be like,
0: get out of here before I physically remove. That was Dawson's yeah, yeah. idea. <laughs> that, in the rewrites, that was Dawson. He's like, you gotta, you gotta add more drama. Tell her you're gonna make yeah, her yeah. get out. So Mitch drives off and then, you know, fade to black. And then it's the next day now. They all survive, Steven. The sun comes out. You know, the town is now taking the boards off the windows. Everybody is, you know, everybody is, you know, settled in and happy to be the survivors of Hurricane Chris. And now, uh, so uh, Dawson's coming down from his room and he bumps into Jen in the hallway. And I thought that this scene was just, it, it, it was hard to watch because she doesn't owe him no. anything. You know, like, she just moved to this town. She didn't owe him this full explanation. She didn't owe him her tears. She didn't... Now, and also, within this conversation, this was interesting as well, because it's 1998, so I feel like they, they wanted to be careful about just explicitly saying that, like, I was raped or I was sexually assaulted. You know, she says, like, I was sexualized. I was 12 when I lost my virginity, but I don't really remember it. I was drunk, you know? So they they played it. They they kind of towed the line and didn't want to go too far, but they still... They still laid out what happened to her in a sympathetic way, and Dawson just goes like, "Yeah, all that. That's fine. I forgive you, but I'm just gonna lower my standards for you know. I, I need to learn. I need to learn to be more accepting." He didn't acknowledge any of the things that she said. He didn't really. I'm sorry. He didn't really you apologize to, yeah, either. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he didn't. He didn't apologize one for his behavior, but also just for like making her feel like she owed yeah. him this. He didn't do any of that. And his only, <laughs> my favorite part because this is the most Dawson thing. She goes. But I, I can't apologize for my past. I mean, I've learned from it. I'm a better person. it's It's gotten me here. And this is my chance to start over. This is my chance. And it would be really nice if you'd be a
1: part of that. On one condition that you'll have me.
0: Because Jim, my behavior has been unredeemable. I don't even think that was an apology, no. but you know, by p- apology standards. And then they romantically hug. Jen accepts that because it's Dawson's world and that that's acceptable behavior yeah. for a person in a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they kiss and make, yeah, they, they kiss and make up. And then he goes, take two. Oh, <laughs> no, that, no, was, that was bad. <laughs> so from there, it cuts away. We go back to pa- uh, Pacey and um, Tom, Tamara are wrapping things up in, um, over at their house. And their storyline is so mind blowing to me. Dougie, Dougie walks out of the house and he's like, Sorry about that gun thing. <laughs> Sorry about that gun thing. Sorry. You know, we just do that. And then he walks off and Pacey leaves. But then Pacey comes back and they are, you know, they have this I don't know any way other to describe it. Steven, it was a cute moment that they had. Like every moment that they have, it's like meant to be cute. But they also revealed some things, which was that Tam- uh, Tamara is aware that this needs to end at some point. And also, it revealed that Pacey. No, Pacey is. He said it earlier in the episode, but he know he he's in. He's falling in love with her, but he's he's preying on like no. But we're just. It's it's like dangerous. Yeah. Like he keeps saying that. Like oh, it's just that's the fun of it, right? So he knows that that's what's that's his defense to her. Yeah. Even though he's catching real feelings and wants to like hold her hand in public and and all of those things. And even though he knows she can't do that, he's like no. But it's like what if we get caught? That's the fun, right? So he's lying to himself for a future that he knows will never happen. But then at the end of all of that, all of those little reveals that I picked up, they go in the house and have sex. (laughs) So everything that you kind of you're like, oh, okay, they are starting to crumble. And then it all just gets thrown out the window because they're like, all right, let's go have sex. Let's worry about that another day, you know. Yeah. You know, we have today. The storm's over. We survived the storm. Dougie's gone. Let's do this thing. (laughs) And then, so, um, they cut back to the Leary house. Mitch is returned from, you know, fighting the storm or whatever. You know, I guess he was maybe dr- punching sand or something. <laughs> Duh! 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, he, had that, he, like, had, a, like, a fight montage in the woods in the rain. Boxing like, the know, trees. He punching yeah, trees. Yeah. He went and did that. Now he's coming back. Uh, he pulls the Lincoln Navig- Navigator up to the front of the house. And, you know, he goes and sits. I thought this was good blocking, too. Like, she's in the fenced-in porch, and then he sits on the outside of the porch, and they have this conversation, She's and I, when I was, <laughs> yeah, and she had this catatonic look on her face, yeah, on the uh, terrifying on the rocking chair. So Mitch comes and he wants he wants an answer, right? And for a half a second, I watched this episode with my fiance, and for a half a second, I thought she was being sarcastic. <laughs> for half half of that conversation, I was like, Is she gonna flip this on him? Like, life isn't as perfect as you think it is, Mitch. Yeah. Life, we're not just gonna open the kelp up. I, <laughs> there are problems in our relationship. She's like, No. Our relationship, our relationship is great and perfect. Yeah. And that's why I did it, which gives him no closure.
1: Yeah. It's like, oh, I, I was well, too awesome. you could awesome? just do this at any time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously I, I, you know, I do sympathize with Mitch too, but like, um, I mean, I think maybe it's just the 90s thing of like showing a character feeling that malaise of like life being like too yeah. perfect, you know. Yeah, and like it's like to deal with the that. bored housewife. Well, this is why like all that black metal murder stuff happened in in uh, Norway and stuff in the nineties. Yeah, in the nineties or like the late eighties, nineties and stuff because it was like tons of like life was just too good, so kids were bored, yeah. and they're like, "What if I just practice black metal and murder people?" <laughs> yeah. That wasn't a very good Norwegian uh, impression. Sorry, but that was Norwegian
0: enough. Yeah. you know, <laughs> so. So, uh, so, you know, that's the reason we get, that's the kind of the, um, the culmination of the episode is that, you know, she cheated on Mitch because she wanted to want and life was just too mundane. And the episode closes on Joey and Dawson, who you know they had they didn't have a crazy tiff, but they had a little back and forth. So of course they needed to end on make amending their relationship. So they have a conversation, and then the show ends with them going into the closet to play Jaws. You know how we all played Jaws when we were kids, Steven? You know, like the classic game Jaws, where we go in the closet and reenact
1: scenes from Jaws. You know, as kids do. Love just Katie Holmes like reenacting a grizzled old man. You know, like Sheriff Brody. That's a twenty footer. (laughs) Why does he think he's come back for his noon feeding?
0: Gotta get a shot at this auger's head. Smile, you son of a bitch. (laughs) We're gonna need a bigger boat. I don't know how he gets to do this stuff man yeah you know people people can't sing certain songs like they they choose to sing you know not what are they what are they non-denominational songs like songs that you can just or like that aren't copywritten. but he can reference steven spielberg for an entire episode it's insane yeah
1: it's i mean it's cool i mean it it is you know oh it is cool (laughs) people you know people do dawson's do exist people obsess about (laughs) pop culture in relation to their own life and i mean i guess that's one element that probably I imagine was pretty like felt modern. Like it felt like a modern show, you know, and In-
0: it just was so weird that he got the that Kevin Williamson got the leeway to do it. You know, <laughs> like it, it just it happens so much that you're like, wow, how does he get to do Maybe he's like
1: Spielberg's nephew or something through like a cousin? Yeah, and, he's a, using a like, pseudonym. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin uh, Williamsonberg. Yeah. but But uh, so so uh, that is that is the end of the episode. Now, Stephen, what I like to do here is first I like I, I play we like to play a quick game, and then I like to ask my guests to let me know what they learned from <laughs> from this episode. Oh no! It, it doesn't have to. It you you didn't learn anything, so it can just be. It can it'll it won't be anything that'll help anybody, but what it what the lessons that you learn. So the first of the game I like to play is Joey's choice, right? So uh, Joey's choice is you know you Stephen, you're on a boat, you're you you know you're out paddling, having a good time. You know you got some white claws next to you. You see two people floundering in the water. You got Dawson and you got Pacey, right? You can only choose who to save based on what you learned and discerned yeah, from yeah. this episode alone. Like, the character traits that you learned and, and saw and were revealed to you in this episode, which it's the only episode you saw, so there you go, you can you can only make
1: your choice based on that. Ugh. Who do you save? I mean, I think I have to go with Pacey. I think it's just like, <laughs> even though he was kind of an annoying little shit, like, I, I feel like at least you'd have a good time. Like, Dawson would, like, find a way to toss you overboard and be like, this is your... This is your fault, you know. Thanks for rescuing me, but now I have to go my own way or something.
0: And then he's like, plot twist. He like says it out loud. Yeah. He you know, like
1: says it out <laughs> Oh, isn't this quite a twist?
0: No, nobody's chosen Dawson. So far? Nobody's chosen. <laughs> so far, nobody's chosen. I don't think every, anybody ever will choose Dawson. I really don't think that anybody ever will choose Dawson. That's hilarious. Uh... <laughs> Now, uh, before we get into uh, the um, what you've learned, you might also need to take some time, I don't know. But first of all, I just want to thank you so much for you know joining me to talk about this insane, ridiculous show. No, this and, is a blast. You know, uh, <laughs> and what I like to do here is I like to have people um, submit covers of Paula Cole's I Don't Want <laughs> to Wait to gently swell in the background while you tell me what you've learned. Now, I would like to ask you before we get into that, though, who if you could choose a person from today to cover Paula Cole's I Don't Wanna Wait, who would you choose?
1: Ooh. That is a good question. Who would I want from today? I'm like, do I want to go like um like a fun indie direction or do I wanna go I have two as like well. a pop thing? Weirdly Selena Gomez was my first thought.
0: I mean, she fits like she would have been on the soundtrack if this show came out now like yes. she would be one of the songs
1: for sure. but I also weirdly feel like vampire Weekend could do a good cover of Ooh,
0: this song that would be that would be like just great and that's where I, that's where I fall right so yeah. my two my two choices are uh Heim. one because they actually have covered the song and they sound 90s you know yeah, they, yeah. you know you know they have a very 90s sound. And then my, my second choice and is on my vision board for just for my own personal selection and also just hopefully I grow this platform and I get enough juice that I can like put it out there and then they actually do it is I think Phoebe Bridges would do <laughs> such a such a cool slow because the lyrics to this song are so dark, yeah, you yeah. know. So when I if if so that's why I say I have two is because one is actually would be a good cover. Yeah. And the other is, like, it would be its own thing. Like, I I think Vampire Weekend's version would be, like, its own, where you're like, wait a minute, is this that Paula Cole song? Like, they'd flip it, and, you know, they'd make it cool and weird. And But so my first choice is, I think Haim would actually make a great, just a great cover of the song. And I think Phoebe Bridges would, like, slow it down and make it weird and dark, and it would just be, like, something I want in my phone as its own standalone thing.
1: It it would be, if Phoebe Bridges did a cover, which would be great, it would be, like, it would be... You know, a slowed down cover of it, like I don't want to wait. It would be like some blockbuster that's about time travel, because you know they always like oh, to, yeah. cause they always like to take, um, you know, they always like to take. Yeah, a, they flip it. They take a cover and they slow it down and have. Yeah. You know, Lana Del Rey or somebody sing.
0: Oh my God, actually, yeah, that would actually be pretty cool. Maybe Jordan Peele can get on this. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe they're already working on this. I might not even have to, you know, aspire to get to the level that I can put this into the world properly. But uh, so so your, your two choices, Selena Gomez, Vampire Weekend. Yeah, yeah, those are awesome choices. I like both. Vampire Weekend is one of my favorite bands. But um, anyway, Stephen, as I said, I would love to pass you the floor and learn and learn. You teach me what you learned from this episode of of Dawson's Creek, Hurricane. <laughs> and as you get as you uh you know profess your lesson, there will be a cover of Paula Cole's "I Don't Want to Wait" gently swelling in the background.
1: Well, we all know that. Life finds a way and and when it comes to life finding a way, you have to you have to think about what that means and you have to think about who you have in your life. and ultimately, that in order to find a way, you have to you don't forgive them for their flaws. in in fact, yes. you might even hold it over their head, you know, mm. for the rest of all time. Preach, um, preach. but you continue to to let them find it or so, you know no i yes. uh, you continue to i'm trying to be profound but you know what <laughs> take 2 take 2 you just got to take 2 you just got to hold it over their heads and that's how you find it <laughs> <way.
0: laughs> lord it over them and never let them forget <laughs> Well, Stephen, those were incredibly po- profound <laughs> words. I just want to say <laughs> it was more pro- more profound than the show even deserved. I, like, I was like, I was like, this show doesn't deserve the poetry that <laughs> that is is happening right now. But I'm touched by your words. <laughs> and uh, I, again, I want to say again, thank you so much for being a part of this. And, no, it's such a blast. And uh, you know. And, uh, you know I would love for you to take the you know a second if you want to plug anything if you want to you know uh, have any projects coming up or anything like
1: that you know the floor is yours if you want to you know plug those yeah sure I mean uh, you can always listen to my Jurassic Park podcast see Jurassic right. Um And I also have a new podcast where we read Star Wars books called Everything But The Movie, a Star Wars book club podcast, which I was reading plenty of Star Wars books at this time in 1998 as well. So nice. Um Yeah. And then just follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Stephen Ray Morris. You, you share the best cat
0: pictures and animal <laughs> pictures of, of anybody yes. on, on, on Twitter, in my opinion. Um, again, Stephen, thank you so much. I had a great time. Love to have you on again
1: anytime. Yes, I would love and, that. Uh
0: Yeah. Talk to you soon. But until next time, guys, see you next week.